0: take pleasure in one another's company and take pleasure in these things that happen which uh oh man well you know the title for today um or perhaps by now with all this you've forgotten but uh it's uh, god is working still god is working still is the title and i'd like to say a few things just a, a number of scriptures really to look at and i just wanted to magnify that the lord is working and so if if you go into the gospel of john and we'll look there first and in the fifth chapter, and, <clears throat> you know, one of the things that where there is a great tension, uh, I first met this tension in Bible seminary, Bible college, and, um, you know, when it, it's it's when, I suppose, the Toward the end of chapter 5 of John became very vivid to me. And uh, so if you look at the end of chapter 5, uh, it says this, verse 39, you search the scriptures because you think that in them you have eternal life. And it is they that bear witness of me, yet you refuse to come to me. You refuse to come to me that you may have life. And uh, I first came into this kind of clash, this kind of problem at the college, with uh, perhaps it had been present earlier where some of you will have heard the idea that uh, the perfect has come, that we don't need the refreshing ministry of the Spirit now, we don't need that the Lord doesn't speak in fresh ways now, uh, that the Lord has put everything in place and given us the Scripture so that the famous verse in 1 Corinthians 13 about the gifts of the spirit and the work of the spirit but particularly the gifts that they'll pass away when the perfect comes and very unconsciously in many ways uh, the idea in many that well the Lord only ever speaks through the scripture so, he might give you a verse sometimes, but he doesn't speak in your heart. He doesn't uh, work freshly in your heart. He, he, everything is through the conduit of the Bible, uh, which is, of course, exactly where the people had gotten to. They're the ones that Jesus is addressing who are criticizing him because he had done a work on the sabbath day and had spoken on the sabbath day this is the whole of chapter five and uh, he had done this work on the sabbath and uh, he wasn't contravening the sabbath he was working a work of god in the kind of way that you remember that God continued His work in the Sabbath day, and the evening and the morning were the sixth day, and then the Lord wonderfully worked. You remember, continued to sustain His creation day by day. And if I say that to you, um, this this famous verse in Acts seventeen, if you turn there very quickly where peter uh, sorry paul stands up in the aeropagus this among all these philosophers and these not so philosophical people people just inquiries about inquiring about this that and just there to listen to someone speak and in acts 17 you read god Verse 24, Acts 17, Paul says, God, who made the world and everything in it, uh, being Lord of heaven, you know how Paul is talking, he's being Lord of heaven and earth. He does not live, he's not enshrined, in temples shrines made by man as though he needed anything he's not served by human hands verse 25 as though he needed anything since he himself gives and notice the verbs that are here that god is presently active, working, sustaining what he originally created. He is working. He is working. And Paul just focuses on the fact that he gives to all men uh, and all things, uh, life and breath and everything gives to all notice this present activity of god god is working now you say well that's pretty obvious but i'm not sure how obvious it is to some uh, even in among the lord's people that god is working today and if i go back into chapter five of John's gospel, you know that the event that had provoked uh, the arguments, the contradictory voices coming from the rigid ritualists, the lovers of the scriptures. You search the scriptures, Jesus said, didn't he? You search the scriptures, verse 39. Because you think that in them you have eternal life. And it is they that bear witness to me. And you will not come to me. You refuse to come to me that you might have life. Herein lies an immense key to what is happening and what is natural to man you know the the changing of th- the bible is a thing it is the most precious thing that the lord has given us uh, it, it it it's it's blood red we could say people have died mm-hmm. that we should have this precious scripture um, this precious scripture and we thank the lord for it but jesus implies that to some people it gets in the way of him people come to the bible come come to the scripture and uh, they don't come to him and the scripture is that that testifies to me that's what Jesus said. And you may recall to mind the, the wonderful story where the two disconsolate people are leaving work, walking from Jerusalem on the road to Emmaus. They're going home. And Jesus joins them, and he, you remember? perhaps you don't remember how the lord began to say well what why are you miserable what's happened and then they say to him well don't you know about uh, jesus about what happened in jerusalem mm-hmm. about the agony uh, that he went through about his death and you know uh, so on and so on and uh, then of course. It, it says that uh, Jesus, it's lovely really. Um, he, uh, it, it just happened that, well, I'll just read it to you from Luke 24. And this is what he said. Uh, and he, he asked them, well, what things are you talking about? What things? are you talking about uh, that's how he says it you know in verse 19 that's when he joins them i want you to notice the the word sings again the word sings what sings this is where they were in their thinking and they answered in verse 19 and said to him concerning jesus of nazareth who was a prophet mighty in deed and word and uh, before god and all the people and you know so they 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 recite the history of the things and uh, then you come on down and jesus says in verse 25 oh foolish men!" and slow of heart isn't it amazing slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have said concerning amen I you, you see that uh, through but to believe all that the prophets have spoken was it not necessary that the christ should suffer these things and enter into his glory and beginning from moses which of course is the pentateuch the five beginning books of the bible that's where he began not with not with moses himself but what moses had received and written about genesis exodus you know what was going to become genesis so beginning at moses so jesus would have spoken uh, beginning with the book of genesis because moses wrote that later and beginning with moses and all the prophets he interpreted to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself it was very wonderful to me this um how jesus oh and you know they, they, their hearts burned within them as they listened to this and they still didn't really recognize the living christ among them and uh, he was made known to them in the breaking of the bread the famous phrase that as he took the bread and he began to break it they for the first time saw his hands and they saw the wounds and glory to god look at that and their eyes were opened and he disappeared from their sight and you can see this contrast between things 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 that he did and him and you will find that this is so pertinent to us and if you go back into chapter five of john jesus had done this thing this miracle thing uh, on the man who <clears throat> was laying in the pool uh, of, of bethesda the place had five five uh, porticoes it says five arches and all these people were there and it's it's wonderful that the lord jesus didn't uh, heal them all but uh, he stepped over certain of the bodies and and not that he's ignoring anybody in his heart but he was under the living direction of his father and uh, his father was directing him to a certain man. And, uh, you know, Jesus knew that he'd been there a long while, it says in verse 6. And do you want to be healed? And the sick man answered, I have no man. I have no one to help me into the water. Uh, I have no man, I have no one, I have no one. Uh, because evidently, it seems that there was an angelic movement from time to time that moved the waters and the first one in. Everything rather dependent upon human strengths. You know, the sci- survival of the fittest, you could say, the per- First one in, but the first one who maybe had a friend there at that time and was able to lift them into the waters straight away. And this is significant. I have no man. And you know, the in total insufficiency of ourselves to bring ourselves into the state of physical health, Spiritual health, soul health. Now, this is part of the lesson. The absolute inability, we do not have it. And the angelic ministrations. You know, angels are not human beings. It would never have been sufficient if 10,000 angels had suffered and died uh, they are ministering spirits it would it was totally totally inadequate that if uh, a million bullocks and goats had suffered uh, you know it, it, they would have been totally inadequate no and uh, no fellow man can uh, help us to be new and saved and nothing in ourselves. And that gracious act of God giving the law, you remember uh, it was ministered by angels and it was the letter, the word, it was right, it was correct. Amen, but it wasn't uh, the word that can save to the uttermost. And thereby, of course, it became essential in, in God that God become man, that man <laughs> should come a man should come, the word should become flesh, praise the name of the Lord, and so in Christ, God and man could come into the sharing of common life, common life, hallelujah, that man and God should come into the original intention of God, and I want to say something at this point, it was always the thing that god was working from the beginning that god and man should dwell together in common life and oneness that was god's intention from the beginning before he made anything at all it was that man should dwell with god and god should dwell with man and that the whole thing is that man should become like God in the likeness of God, that man should be in his image and in his likeness and know his mind. And this is the intention of God from before time began and so if you go on of course in uh, the fifth chapter of john you you reach don't you where they're 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 arguing about the letter of the law he'd done this thing on the sabbath i'm in verse 18 they sought to kill him they sought to kill him wasn't it amazing and uh, it says, verse 19, Jesus said to them, truly, truly, I say to you, the Son can do nothing of his own accord, but only what he sees the Father doing. For whatever he does, that the son does likewise. That is the flow in Jesus's life as man. I'm not doing these things as God in my deity, I'm doing these things in my humanity because everything that I do, uh, the son can do nothing of himself but only what he sees the father doing. And I, I again want you to notice the tense of the verb, what he's seeing, what he's seeing. God is working. God is working. God is working. My father is working. Isn't that amazing? My father is working. Uh, verse 20, it says, For the Father loves the Son and shows him all that he himself is doing. God is doing things. Oh, blessed cooperation! When at last God had a son, unlike Adam in this regard, this son. That had come through Mary, this son was in total cooperation with the father and only doing and fully doing exactly what the father was showing him. For the father loves the son and shows him all that he himself is doing. And greater works than these will he show him. I find these things wonderful. That the beauty of Jesus, the beauty of Jesus, greater works than these will he show him. That you may marvel for as the Father raises the dead and gives life so also the sun gives life we're getting a little bit of clue you know that what god is working he's working life 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 he's sustaining life and breath to all things as we read earlier but he's come and he's going to he's going to bring you and me to life through the sun. You know, uh, I enjoy this very much. Verse seventeen: My father is working still. That's where we get our text from. The father is working still. God is working still god is working in the lecture theater of this world remember it you know there are times where i have spoken even this year in several colleges in the united states and sometimes the meetings take place in these tiered uh, lecture halls and uh, sometimes there were 15 students sometimes there's a 100 going right up the back and uh, hallelujah it's a very is a great privilege to me to do that uh, I think of a church in Mexico where I spoke to hundreds of young people uh, back in 2018 and it was one of those tiered places and there were hundreds of them there and a memorable time um, uh, to me as I saw all these young people and it's a kind of vast lecture theater and you know what takes place there and you know my brother and sister your world the world in which you're living the circumstances in which you're living the things through which i am passing the changing things you know in the midst of this world is the lord's lecture theater where he is teaching you his heart where he's working his works it's not an enclosed space, like with four walls round it, uh, <clears throat> you know, um, like a lecture theater. This is, uh, sometimes for some of us it is, I think of Amy Carmichael, that missionary lady from, who was in India and toward the end of her life, her 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 liberty to walk through Donover and, travel on the trains in India and do things like that was taken away from her and her lecture theater became smaller and smaller to four walls where she lay uh, on her bed. Of course, it's in that time she wrote some of her or dictated some of her greatest books, one of them, for instance, like Rose from Briar. You know, and you, you realize that uh, for some of you, your lecture theatre is Malaysia. Um, you're at that stage of life where you get into your car and drive around. I think of uh, I don't think he managed to get on uh, Peter and uh, cock and so on. is he's probably lost the link. Um, you know and he he works in real estate and so he gets in his vehicle and he drives to Shah Alam or to to subang jaya and views and he's in a church there and he's got a wife and children and uh you know this is the lecture theatre of the Lord, in which the Lord is teaching him and working in him. And here's Hazel and I that are, at this time, back home to a degree. We're not on planes. You know, uh, we're not getting on planes and travelling and seeing and we're in the midst of not easy situations here, which I won't go into. But it's the Lord's Lecture Theater. And I want to encourage us all about this. The Father is working, and I work, Jesus says. And if I sort of amplify this thought more, and you can see it very clearly that the whole purpose verse 21 keep this in mind that for us it is this thing that god is working the father raises the dead and gives them life quickens them and so also the Son gives life to whom he will. Keep that in mind. His word, their agreement, their covenant, their promise, their certitude. What are you doing with my life, Lord? I'm wanting to bring you into resurrection life so that with knowledge and understanding you increasingly live with me in heavenly places in christ jesus that you are one of my lovers one of my soldiers my mind is immediately switched into the book of ephesians we might have time to go there for one or two comments a little later. But I want to establish this. Uh, I'm, I, I'm giving life, I'm giving life, I'm giving life. What are you doing with me? What's your purpose? I am giving you life so that you are someone in my likeness. And in my image. So that you have my mind in you. You become through the Son, like the Son, one of my sons who cooperate with me, this is what the Father says, through Jesus so that you work the works of him who sent you. Amen you say what well, but my my life is circumscribed now by i can hardly get up and go out i can not go down the supermarket hardly without uh, you know it may be at this point but he has put you there he has sent you there to unfold his heart to you there and to cause you to um to do something praise the lord when we think of these things it it's magnifying in the work of god doesn't it you know if you if i take you into a famous picture of this in, in the old testament and it's one that we we i like this picture so much and one of the reasons in the 18th of jeremiah the 18th of jeremiah uh you all know the the, the story so well is i like the fact that it's clay mm. and we're clay and our circumstances are clay you know our world is full of clayness isn't it you know earlier on just before we began the meeting i was talking about the uh, this this show that comes on on bbc one for some years in england called strictly come dancing and the prize is a glitter ball to the winner goes on for a, i don't know how long we've never really watched it we we did discover yesterday who had finally won it and uh, you know, but the prize is this great big glitter ball. <laughs> you know, something that glitters in the flashing lights and that's so symptomatic of what the world works. It's all such clay, isn't it? It's all such clay. And yet in the clay of this world, God is working a work, and God says to Jeremiah, doesn't he, this disconsolate prophet, one of the things about Jeremiah was he was a man, like all true prophets must, began to share the feelings of God, the mind of God, the grief of God, the promise of God. You know, the sorrow of God, and he was not shy to come forward and have some serious discussions with God, personal conversations to tell God that he was a bit unhappy with what God was doing and why was he doing it and all the rest of it and some of us need to get that honest with god and, and god will speak to us when the, the questions are honest and <laughs> this is one of the things the word of the lord it, it, the word came to jeremiah from the lord arise and go down to the potter's house and there i will let you hear my words I, I don't you even enjoy that don't go into your closet at this point don't go into the sulks uh you know because what's happening is a, a bit troublesome to you go down to the potter's house now my experience of potter's house uh houses is, of course, there's a lot of mud around clay, and uh, there's some water, and it's not the tidiest place in the world. I always remember going to um, a workshop in a small town in Minneapolis, in Minneota, uh, in Minnesota, and uh, the, I went there because they were experts in restoring cars. And uh, I remember going there and um, <clears throat> they also rode Harley Davidson's, the proprietors. And I went to that workshop and uh, because I used to do car restoration a bit on the side in Australia, old cars, and uh so i was interested and went into that workshop i have never seen a place so clean you could have eaten your hamburger off the floor <laughs> which uh, you know and uh but whenever i've gone into uh, the potter's places they're not like that there's so much dust around clay around you know uh, a part you know pots that are having their initial drying it really is a workshop and uh, so the lord speaks to us in the workshop of life you see the, the that's the thing in the midst of all the clay the clay of our own self you know the clay of our own failure sometimes the, the clay of the of the difficulties of, of, of wars and rumors of wars and this and that arise go down to the potter's house I want to speak to you there I want to speak to you there and isn't that wonderful isn't it wonderful that he wants to speak to you now? I know these things are simple, but we need to restate them in a fresh way. And so I went down. i I went down. I, I realized that God wanted to speak to me today, in the midst of all the clay, in the midst of and in the midst I, I didn't stay at home sulking. I went down there. And there he was, the first thing I saw, he was working at his wheel. He was working at his wheel. I mean, just enjoy it, will you? Uh, have a look. Have a look. God is working at his wheel. And uh, it, in, in the old King James, you know, I just read from one version. I'll read it to you from the, the King James Version. Then I went down to the potter's house and behold, he wrought a work on the wheels. The wheels. He wrought a work. You know, that's, I think that that's much better first thing that's different is he talks about wheels not wheel and <clears throat> he was working a work on his wheels so he was working a work keep this in mind in in your heart uh, let me keep it in mind in my heart i am a work that he's working on you got me I'm a work that he's working on. Now, my understanding with Potter's vessels is that no one of them is identical to another, exactly. Each is unique. The general shape may appear and be identical, the pattern, but that each vessel is unique it's just god isn't it oh god isn't it wonderful to realize that no two oak trees are identical no two snowflakes are identical i wrote a little note to someone this morning a couple who've gone back to switzerland from our local church here just for the christmas period and they would put because they put pictures up of the snow in switzerland and they're walking in the snow and you know it reminded me again of this the unique nature the unique nature and you know, with the potter, he's working a work, singular, in the midst of all the things. He has this pattern that he is working in us, but you are unique, your circumstances are unique, each tree is unique, and you do realize that God has given to each tree a being. Now, you may never have thought of that. He's given being to trees. He's given a being. Tell me if trees could talk, and maybe in ways we don't know, they do talk because the psalmist says that they praise God and they clap their hands. And so in some way, they are able to respond to their creator amen they're able to respond to their creator he who makes them he who causes them to breathe the air photosynthesis and all that what could make a tree happier than to be what he's made to be you you get that do you do get that it's only man i brothers and sisters that has argued and disagreed with god you know in adam man disagreed did not cooperate with god grasped equality with god sought to be his own god man has disagreed with god therefore he has fallen from his true being you and I have fallen, this is what we've fallen into. We have created, fashioned a world in which is a swamp, a political swamp, an economic swamp, a fashionable swamp, a, a wicked swamp. And we've fallen into the swamp and the great frustration for everybody is that they know they're not the being they were truly created to be and they're under a curse and know the blessedness of a tree or a stone created to be a stone by the workings of god amen i think of mr david the king before he was king when he went down to that brook to face the giant and he picked five smooth stones mm. they'd been smoothed by god you know god had created them and then by the action of water and all the rest of it you know through centuries no doubt there they were, smooth. And David, cooperating with God, by faith, took one of those stones. And you know the story. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God is working like that. You know, there's a story about one of the great Chinese Christians of the 20th century, Wang Wang. Ming Dao. And uh, if you've ever read it, and the title of the book of his life is A Stone Made Smooth. A Stone Made Smooth. The life of one Ming Dao. I reckon remember he was imprisoned by the communists and he went through various things. And whoever wrote the autobiography, the biography, um, well, that's the title he gave it, A Stone Made Smooth. Hallelujah. But stones have their being. you may never have thought of this. The sun has its being, S-U-N. Moon has its being. The moon isn't trying to be the sun. It has its being, and this is they they praise the Lord. the psalmist tells us that the sun in his being is like a bridegroom that comes out to bless and shine upon the earth, which is the uh, its bride, Are you understanding you see it's man that has refused to be that being and sinned and sunk into this swamp sunk into this swamp it's incredible and uh, here's the lord who who comes and you see understand that god is working a work in you on his wheel. Now, you know, I picked up that the old King James says wheels, because of course they didn't have electricity in those days. And uh, you know that the clay was deposit upon the top wheel which was fixed to a lower wheel. I've seen this live in certain places. And that uh, lower wheel his feet are on that lower wheel and it's spinning round according to the rhythms of his feet and he's pushing that wheel round and so the top wheel spins and with his hands with his hands he works to shape hallelujah god and the the invisible wheel God is the invisible pace setter can I put it that way the one who's controlling him, not the devil not Biden not Putin you know in the midst of all this clay God is spinning let the imagery take hold of your heart that you can come into the rest of god the rest of god you know hallelujah we're all too much in a hurry those of us who live in westernized countries us in the west worst of all worst of all we're, we're, we're wanting to get everything done quickly. And, you know, when I think of these things, you know, he was working a work and there was the marring of the vessel that he was making. You know the story. Gee, God is explaining to Jeremiah what is happening in the people of God of the Old Testament, they'd all got marred, but they were in the hands of the potter. That he, but he then, as Jeremiah looked, he saw that God, the potter made it again. Amen. And if we s- go back beyond the people of God, the Jewish people of the old, and we go back to the making of Adam, that vessel of Adam and all of Adam's offspring, of whom we are. We were marred. We we lost our beinghood. We don't know who we are. We're lost. We're selfish. We don't know ourselves. We learn to live with masks of unreality, religious masks or fashionable masks. They're more popular in Hollywood. Hollywood. Everything in Hollywood is acting, acting, acting. Putting on a persona, a persona. People don't know who they are and this is the horror the vessel was marred in the potter's hand and glory to god Do you know this is where images come from this is where idols come from they come out of the human heart the human heart is the factory that constructs idols because the human heart doesn't know who he is am i an introvert am i an extrovert Am I brilliantly minded? Am I not? Am I a fool? Who am I? Am I beautiful? Am I not beautiful? I, 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 oh, I'm too fat. So I will vomit out my food and gradually become anorexic and bulimic and, and all the horrors, the names we give to these conditions because we don't know who we are. But God says here that, have a look at this Jeremiah. I didn't jettison the bit of clay, the potter didn't toss it away. He would have molded it, melded it. He would have put some, and then he made it again, a vessel as it pleased him. Hallelujah. Now I mentioned to you, and I must hurry quick. I mentioned to you Ephesians. And so let's, let's go to Ephesians. Wonderful book. A wonderful letter, isn't it? And uh, I think it is anyway. I expect you do too. And uh, praise the Lord. There's, this word works, you know, <laughs> uh, you know, it, um, it, it, here's what we were, here's what we were. Chapter two, chapter two, uh, that we, we were walking apparently in the second verse, you know, we were dead in trespassings and sins. That's the first verse of chapter two. Uh, we were walking in this and that, the course of this world. We were very much part of the swamp. It's it, the illusion of the swamp. You know, it's all illusion. All illusion. It's all masks. The whole thing fashions amassed well, we ache to find reality this is where we all were following the course of this world following and we didn't know it the prince of the power of the air the spirit that's now at work and there's your you know what are you doing lord well formally Formerly, there was a spirit you were walking according to the course of this world, the spirit that's now at work in the sons of disobedience. Among these, we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, following the desires of the body and mind. So we were by nature children of wrath, like the rest of mankind but god so those lovely words rich in mercy rich in mercy out of the great love wherewith he loved us i praise god for this you he didn't say i'm meeting people who have said to me for years, I love you. Christians. I love you, and I believe them. I believe them. I believe that as far as they know, they love me. But God didn't say it. The great love wherewith he loved us. Amen. Do you understand the difference? He didn't just say it, wherewith he loved us, wherewith he loved us. And I'm meeting people, and unfortunately, they just say, I love you, and they don't do anything about it. In fact, they may do things and say things of the opposite to it, whereas God didn't just say it. Wherewith he loved us. And keep this firmly in mind that this is his continuing state, that this working that I'm talking about, this working of God is a love work, wherewith he loves you, wherewith he loves you, wherewith he loves you. These circumstances, do you know some of us have gone down the pathways of sin and suddenly he's interrupted us and prevented us and somehow made the thing fall apart it was his love wherewith he loved us preventing us from going down into the deepest hell wherewith he loved us wherewith he loved us where he brought someone across our path mm. Uh, brother last night on the on the meeting I did with men last night he was saying that he was uh, driving along somewhat miserable well nothing much is happening to me and there's not much change going on and he's driving along I think with his son they'd been on a job and as he drives along the freeway, I think it was Highway 65. Some of you know where that is. <clears throat> and, uh, you know, he passed a wreck. And the car had turned over somehow. And the man had managed to get out, but his uh, somehow, but his foot was trapped under the car is his lower leg and foot mm. uh, don't think it was broken so my friend and his son stopped their vehicle and got out uh, which is never a happy thing to do on busy freeways and uh, he got out and they uh, one or two others people stopped their cars and got out and together they manhandled the wreck mm-hmm. and lifted the wreck out up and uh, the man they managed to drag the man out from under the wreck and uh, then they having seen that he was okay they got back in their car and drove on and the Lord said to my friend well what do you think uh, you just were grumbling to me that I wasn't working I wasn't shaping now look what I've just done you know that you I, i'm working amen helping a man who was trapped you know uh, it's it, i i think these things are wonderful how you know god's love is working in you wherewith he loved you wherewith he loved me you know and this is the richness of his mercy and i go down in this uh, in this chapter two and uh, here's his work you say well what are you trying to do with me lord well it says when we were dead through our trespasses he made us alive together with christ yeah that's right do you know, it is 1966 when I was in my early twenties where the Lord made me alive and I knew it. I knew it, I knew it. I knew that something so deep and real had happened in, in my innermost parts, that I was a different person inwardly there was a power at work in me and uh, a power that i hadn't had and keep this in mind no one can receive the holy ghost and not know it no one can receive the blessed spirit and not know it you know that somehow something has happened in your innermost parts. Your body may have tingled at the time. You may have spoken in tongues at the time. Uh, your hair may have stood on end at the time, as uh, if you had any. You know, you understand. Those are not the main things but when the holy spirit when god comes to take up residence in a person then i tell you they know it it is the great beginning hallelujah he quickened us together with christ he made what are your works lord i make you i make you alive with christ what's all that for well you know it's all been by grace, you didn't earn that. Well, what are you doing? Verse six, Raised you up together with him. That's his work. And made us sit with him in the heavenly places. Amen. Amen. Have you woken up to that? Where am I living? Still in the swamp? still in the life of illusion still in the life of unreality is that where i'm living or am i learning to live through and with christ by the spirit that i am in heavenly places now i haven't got time to expound this much but tell me tell me is the earth? spinning around the sun and the moon moving around the earth and is it moving around and pray tell me uh, where is the earth and where is the moon and where is the sun and where is venus and where is neptune and where are all these places are they not in the heavenlies? Ah, not in the third heaven, which is the abode of God. Not in the third heaven. But am I right in saying that all of these planets are in the heavenlies? Amen. Think about it. And the difference, yes, the difference is that we're seated with him in the heavenless. He's here. You and I, you say, but I'm living in this clay-bound world. We're living in the midst of this swamp, yes. But you are raised up with him to live with him in the heavenlies, in the heavenlies. Sit with him in the heavenlies, in Christ Jesus. What's the outcome of that? The beginnings of the outcome. Ah, Father is working. Jesus is working. I'm conscious of this. I don't have to live in the swamp. I don't have to think swamp thoughts. Amen. I don't have to crawl around uh, like a serpent in the swamp. I don't live there. I, I live in Christ. Hallelujah. And as I read, read on, it says, this is why he did it all. This is why he's working in your being, that in the coming ages, he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace in kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. What are you working, Lord? I'm wanting to help you to open your eyes so that you see that you're living in Christ in heavenly places and that there is a great purpose that I'm working that is going to be fully realized, where the immeasurable riches of His grace shall be manifest in the coming ages through us. Through us. I'm going to have what I originally intended, it's not going to fade away. I'm going to have man in communion with me humankind and I, my kindness is going to be shown us his grace for by grace verse eight you've been saved i want you to know this that salvation yes we talk about it being sin but what is sin sin is living in the illusion sin is living in the swamp sin is living in the depression sin is not knowing who you are sin is not being the being that the lord has made you to be through his son sin is living in the worlds of disappointment sin is living down there in the manufacture of idols and images sin is putting the mask on every day the religious mask living down there living down there you have been this is what god is worked king in you he has worked it and he's working it into your experience so that you see that your whole destiny of your whole being you know your whole being is wrapped up in christ your being is hid with christ in god it is impossible to be the real you, the real being without Christ, without Christ. And with Christ, you will gradually come, and I mention that word gradually, but it will be steady work of God, whereas you see him, you'll see yourself. You'll see who you really are. You'll see that you are forgiven. You are see. You will see that you are cleansed. You will see that you're a new creature. You will see that you're beloved of God, that you are precious in his sight. You will see that even you, even you are his beloved. You will see yourself in his light. Amen. Because your true beinghood is hid with christ in god this is what is working in us and that's why you know by grace we've been saved through faith and it's not of your works there's you know it says in in my version here it's not of your own doing it's the gift of god not because of works. He's done it, lest any man should boast, for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! Let's all say thank you, you probably know that this word we are his workmanship. Do you know what the Greek word is for that word workmanship, this is this is something above, <laughs> you know, the idea of a lump of clay uh, in his hands this my brethren is the word, I'll say it to you in Greek, poema, poema. I wonder if you're hearing uh, uh, an English word that's similar. Uh, in fact, the English word comes from it. You are his poem. I am his poem. I wonder if you've ever attempted to write poetry and uh, wonder if you ever done that and uh, as you as you work with words to express the thing that you're wanting to say in your heart uh, i can remember writing a song a long while ago it actually was recorded uh, along with some other ones and that song was called swallowing sunshine <laughs> funny funny title for a song you know but i can remember working i'd got a melody in my mind and a chord structure and it was sort of stuck there in my head and so there was a certain shape that i had to use the words and I had to bring, and the whole theme was about sunshine and about uh, the change of weather and uh, the capacity of man to embrace light, 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 sunshine, sunshine, sunshine. Light, light, light into the darkness of his soul you know, working with these words, and I can remember it, you know, sometimes it would take hours, the thoughts are in the mind, and you're working with words, you are God's poem, he's working a work <laughs> in, in you and me, and he's speaking his words to you, he's speaking his heart, to us. He's using the pressure of circumstances in this lecture theatre of life. And that we should be uh, those who, in the ages to come, that it might be seen that in the coming ages, you know, if I go back into this tremendous first chapter that it says that he's doing this, and that he is working, and it comes twice, and here it is in verse 9. He's made known to us, chapter 1, verse 9, in all wisdom and insight, the mystery of his will, according to his purpose, which he set forth in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time to unite all things in him things in heaven things on earth everything is moving to unity i hope that you are in the beginnings of this i hope that you are in the foretaste of this what he calls the the promise the the earnest of our inheritance i hope verse 14 you're seeing that already that everything has a an uncanny and most marvelous unity the events of your life they juxtapose together they synchronize that there's nothing out of order that even the works of the wicked one where he seeks to interrupt and interfere somehow as you yield to christ as lord in the midst of it all he even makes these things fit together the whole of life is a lecture theater, yes, it's full of clay, but he's working his great works. I hope that you're seeing this because his whole intention at the end of verse 10 is to unite all things. And we are in the privilege of proving the beginnings of this. I am, I am, I look back in my life and see my, my, my terrible uh, failure, uh, in ways um, i don't remember it all the time but i behold that even this the lord incorporated and brought into a unity a, a oneness that all things and this is coming into a complete complete fullness and in verse 11 in him according to the purpose of him who purposes all things according to the counsel of his will we who first hoped in christ have been destined and appointed you know what a blessing paul paul is my brother paul peter is my brother you know, they were among the first. I'm among the last in time. You're among the last in time. There may be some more. Well, there will be more who are incorporated into this great purpose that he's doing. I'll have to finish very quick, but I don't want to finish without going to 1 Corinthians 15. And I haven't said the half of what I want to say but it doesn't matter, and uh, 1 Corinthians 15, and uh, how Paul begins, and he talks about the, the gospel, God's spell, you probably knew that, that the word gospel comes from the old English, God's spell. Did you know that, God's spell? Now, I'd remind you, brethren, in what terms I preached to you the gospel, which you received, in which you stand, by which you're saved, hallelujah, if you hold it fast, unless you believed in vain. I've been preaching the gospel to you today, for I delivered to you as of first importance, what I also received, that Christ died for our sins. Isn't that a lovely phrase? I preach to you what I first received. That's first of importance. I only preach to you what I received, and uh, Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day in accordance with the scriptures, that he appeared to Cephas, then to the 12, then he appeared to more than 500 brethren at one time, most of whom are still alive, though some have fallen asleep. Then he appeared to James, well, that's James the Elder. Isn't that an interesting thing? James the Elder. But then to all the apostles, last of all, as one untimely born, he appeared also to me. I was pondering that phrase. Paul, did you have some special appearing of the lord are you referring to the damascus road an incredible phenomena happening that, that that you know as you look back on it it was so mighty perhaps he's referring to that then he says in verse 9 i'm the least of the apostles unfit have you thought about that? Least of the least, less than the least. Unfit to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church of God. And then you come to this, but by grace, the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace toward me was not in vain. On the contrary, I worked harder than any of them, though it was not I, but the grace of God, which is with me. And I've read this verse and come to it because he says, in a kind of way, I, I, I've been working very hard, harder than any of them, i've been cooperating with the grace of god that's worked in me i am just like jesus in this sense that uh, i'm not like adam anymore that was just not working according to the workings of god jesus worked in full cooperation with the father i only do the things that he does paul says that's what i've been doing i've been working harder i've been cooperating i've been working oh it's it but it's not me i don't know how to explain it it's the grace i'm giving way to the grace i'm yielding to the grace i'm not fighting the grace you know god gave such grace to adam and he he resisted the grace god gave grace grace you notice that God didn't say anything negative to, to Adam at the beginning. He gave him grace to confess his need so that who knows what would have happened if they'd have both been transparently honest and totally repentant. Who knows what would have happened? And Paul says, I, I've been cooperating utterly with the grace. And that's that's who I am, I, I, I'm becoming the real me. I'm the real Paul now. I'm not an aberration, I'm not a perversion, I'm not a distortion, I'm not a sinful wretch, I'm, I'm not this, that, and the other. And my true being is coming, I'm like a tree. He doesn't say I'm like a tree, but like I mentioned earlier, a tree that is delighted in being a tree and gives glory to God by being a tree and I must be a Bernard. That is yielded to God and the workings of His grace, yielding to Him, so that now where I am and what I'm in, I become the true Bernard that I was always made to be in fellowship with Jesus in the midst of all <laughs> all the lecture theatre of this world with all of its clayness and swampiness and illusion and all its falseness. I must be living in the heavenlies, in Christ Jesus, and rejoicing. So I'm becoming, at last, proper Bernard. I don't have to put on a mask. You know, I don't have to put on a bra- My wife would tell me, and I've said this often, you know, when I get up to speak in churches, you know, I'm still, ex- I don't feel anything different to what I feel sitting in my armchair you know, uh, reading. I don't feel anything different to when I'm driving my car. I don't get some zap, some feeling. You know, it, he changes what we are so that we are what we're always been decreed. He's chosen us to be in Christ Jesus. And, you know, I am what I am by the grace of God. And I didn't fight the grace. His grace toward me was not in vain. Yea, <laughs> on the contrary, I worked harder than all the other apostles. A bold assertion seems like pride, but it really is. It's simply a man cooperating with God, and becoming the real being he's meant to be. Isn't that wonderful? Now we're not all. We're not all Pauls. <laughs> I know that I am certainly not, I just a very small fry. But God, God, you know, isn't it wonderful? Isn't it wonderful? I could take you back into Ephesians one and see that He works in you to raise you into your true true beinghood. But I'll stop because it's five to um, ten in Malaysia and i can't remember whether thailand's an hour behind i can't recall and um but oh, amen my brothers and sisters i'll close my book and uh some something in me would like to revisit this on another zoom but uh, mm. you know these things come for a little while in my heart they rise for a while from god he quickens them to me gives me grace to say them and I hope encourage you, encourage you, bring clarity, a little more clarity, you know, because the Lord gives me a little clarity with me. And then maybe in two weeks time, I will have forgotten what I've said <laughs> today, you know, for it to revive again in perhaps a fresh way as it pleases him, because it is god that works in you to will and to do of his good pleasure it is god that's philippians isn't it chapter two hallelujah have you looked at that to the context of that lovely verse have you you know a mind that's just like christ it is god that works in you a humble mind a self-emptying person. He he kept not his first estate, but poured himself out, didn't he? He emptied himself. Oh, Amen. It is God that works in you, my brother and sister. Yes, to do the same. That within the parameters of your heart, if you're enclosed in four walls, your body is decrepit and unable to do what it did you can pour yourself out to god you can pour yourself out in a whatsapp message to someone uh, of love you can give yourself you can empty yourself into another because he's filling you yourself with his love with an increased understanding you pour that out and i've still got strength to pour it out what he's giving me as i empty myself to others and empty myself to others as Hayden and I try to do that in our small but real way not holding on not holding on not grasping he this is Philippians 2, isn't it, where I'm speaking from now, the context of it all. It is God that works in you, both to will and to do of his good pleasure, so that you are in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you uh, grasp not at what you've got, but you, you empty yourself to others. You say, but I'm, I'm not the perfect. That's not what it's all about. Pour yourself out to others. Give yourself, and it shall be given unto you, poured into you from Him. This is the kind of. <sighs> what a life, eh? Well, I really will shut up now, BB. All right. And uh... Amen. Amen, BB. Thank you, well, Buna. Yeah, uh, we just need one person to pray, don't we, and that one to close up so people can go to bed. <laughs> oh dear. Would you like uh, to lead us in prayer? <laughs> i tell you what. My wife's beside me. All right. Let my wife pray. <laughs> okay. There she is. Okay.
1: Okay. How do you follow on except just lord i follow on just being me amen just being who i am lord thank you for lord the the way that you prize us open again yes. by your spirit yeah so that all our senses are quickened again
0: yes that's
1: right lord that's the amazing work yes. that you do yeah and we're very thrilled about it lord mm. lord we we hate the swamp, we hate all the slough of despond and all the other things that are negative. But yes. Lord, we come to you Hallelujah. and we present ourselves again. Yes, Lord. Lord, we are still a work in progress. Yes. I don't like that phrase actually, but Lord, we know yes. you know what I mean. Yeah. That day by day we go on with open hearts and open minds and open sure. and spirits alive to you, Lord. Yes. And you're you're so tender and your attention to detail. In each one of our lives, Lord, we had time to confess that, yeah. would be just be multitudes upon multitudes, Lord, yes. of the way that you have worked. Yes. And you're still going so. to keep on to the very end because, Lord, there is that unity at the end where you're going to gather all together. Yes. Well, Lord, we want to be part of that. Yes. Lord, we want to live with you in eternity and we will live with you now, yes. Lord, in the midst of everything. So bless our precious brothers and sisters here, Lord, and give them a, a blessed Christmas, a Christmas time, Lord, that maybe surprises them. Some people don't celebrate, some people do. Lord, it matters little. Yeah. Lord, you did come.
0: Hallelujah. And
1: uh, I would just love to be able to sing to you, Lord, O Holy Night. Mm. That is a wonderful carol. So, Lord, thank you oh, that there was a holy night, mm. whether it was September or whenever it was. Lord, We thank you that you came. Yes. And we love you for that. Amen. And we love one another. Yes. Lord. And we know that you will look to all our needs as tomorrow comes or as the rest of this day passes, Lord. Thank you. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 <laughs> I like